the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon to you. Welcome to Southern California Live. I am Pastor Scott Furrow of the First Baptist Church of San Diego and the Cultivating Ethos Show on KPRZ San Diego every day at 1130 a.m. and p.m. It's great to be with you again today, and I'm going to be with you this afternoon and also on Monday afternoon. I will be here on my guest hosting stint and I got to say, I'm having fun. You're having some fun coming up on Monday. I want you to put this in your calendar. Make sure that you tell Alexa to listen to this program or however you do it. Write it down, write it down, you know, on your hand or however you like to remember things. We have a special guest, Peter Greer. He's the CEO of Hope International and author of Mission Drift and Rooting for Rivals. So put that on your calendar for Monday. Don't miss it. It will encourage you greatly. And uh, we definitely need that, don't we? Also, you can check with, in with me today and follow me on Twitter right now, Scott Furrow, at Scott Furrow. That's Scott, F-U-R-R-O-W. And also you can check in on Facebook Live. I'm Facebook Live right now at facebook.com slash Scott Furrow. And uh, you can say hello there. And uh, you can just find it there. All right. You won't hear the phone calls and guests on the Facebook page, though. So you want to stay tuned to your radio or to your app if you're listening there. But everything else will be there. And uh, you can send me any comment there on Facebook. So that's one way to be a part of the program. Just put a comment in there and I'll respond to it. I'd love to have you call. The number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-52-TALKS. That's 888-528-2557. Today, being Friday, I like to have some fun on Friday. I don't know if I'll call it Fun Fridays or something like that, but uh, it's harder to have some fun, I know, when there are so many serious things going on. And so today we'll talk about some serious things, but we'll also have some fun. I think that is important in the midst of some difficult things. But I also don't want to miss some things. End of the week, there's some stories that maybe got skipped earlier that... um, we would like to bring up, and some of them are interesting because they're interesting stories, and some of them are interesting because why are they a story? Like, who's paying people to write these articles? I don't know. I got a funny one uh, about uh, a monastery in the 1300s that for some reason made the news, and it's just really weird. We'll get to that a little bit later. And uh, the serious question I want to ask you this hour is this. What do you think is coming this fall with respect to COVID-19 restrictions? What is your prediction? I just want to ask you to predict. A great way to be part of the show. You can call me at 888-52-TALKS. That's 888-528-2557. You can also find uh, my Facebook page, Scott Furrow, and put it in the comments there underneath the live video. What do you think is coming this fall? Call me and let me know. We'll get to that here in just a few minutes. So grab your coffee and be ready. Refuel for your afternoon, whether you are at work whether you are driving home or maybe you are just relaxing at home, whatever it is, you should get some coffee if you're a coffee drinker like I am. I think it's important. I think coffee matters. I think there will be coffee in heaven. I like to call it the brew of the believer, the choice of the chosen, the juice of the of joy, the elixir of the elect. I'm not trying to start a doctrinal argument here about the coffee or about anything else. It's just clear to me that God has ordained coffee to be a support of many of us in ministry I mean, most of us, if you're a pastor, you know something is true. You know that people aren't coming to your church. They're not coming back for your sermons, probably. 
if they didn't have coffee that they could have. If you stop serving the coffee, they're not coming. I think that might be true for an awful lot of us. Um, and uh, anyway, that's, that's it. Coffee is a gift from God, much like baseball. Speaking of baseball, congratulations to Torrance Little Leaguers for advancing in the Little League World Series. This is the first L.A. County team since 1994 to move on to the Little League World Series, and they play against Ohio again in the next uh, bracket on Sunday. Did you know there's a bracket for this? I'm not kidding. You can go to littleleague.com or .org and uh, download your bracket. Uh, I don't know that you can bet on it. Somebody out there probably is. Don't bet on the on the kids' baseball. Just There's already too much of that going on. <clears throat> uh, anyway, that's pretty cool, except they play on Sunday, of course. Um, you know, our world today. This is an interesting thing, I think, for you if, you have, if you've been like me and you've been to church almost every Sunday of your life until coronavirus happened, then the Sunday games are just kind of weird, right? But if you're not a churchgoer, then Sunday games, maybe you don't even think about it. I've been coaching Little League for a while, and sometimes I'm the head coach, sometimes I'm the assistant coach, and uh, the Sunday thing you know, throws me off because I work on Sundays. But something that I noticed... And if you're a believer, you know, when there's a Sunday game, there's some kind of tension for you. What do you do? Do you go to the game or do you go to church? And how do you deal with that with your kids? And you don't want to give them a negative feeling towards going to church because they miss their baseball game. That's especially hard if you're the pastor's kid. Um, But then for other people, maybe for you, if you're listening, Sunday games and sports or Sunday activities that are common now that didn't used to be, maybe it doesn't matter. One time I was not the head coach, but I was an assistant coach. And we actually had a Friday night game, but it was Good Friday, and I had to go do the Good Friday service. We have a service for Good Friday, and I had to explain, hey, I can't be there at Friday's game, and I said, we have a Good Friday service. And the coach looked at me, and he goes, he had this confused look on his face, and he kind of said, oh, okay. And I realized something. I realized that I did not only have to explain I couldn't be there because I have a Good Friday service. I realized that I needed to explain what Good Friday was, that he didn't know that is the culture that we live in today. That's something to keep in mind when you think about the people that are in your relational world, that many people are coming from a perspective where they are so unchurched, they're, they're not churched at all. We had a young lady come to our church one time, and she was standing outside, and somebody got me to come talk to her. And she said to me, I've never been to church in my life. She graduated high school. She was going to UCSD. And she said, I've never even been to a church service And she asked me, this was her question. She said, what goes on in there? That was her question to me. What goes on in there? And I said, well, we bring out a goat. And she kind of nervously laughed. And then I explained, you know, what goes on in there? But I thought, you know, most people, I think, have at least been to church. You know, somebody took you to Sunday school at some point, but that's less and less common today. Anyway, so you, you never know. That's just something out there. You can call me if you've got questions about that. Today's kind of a uh, open line day. I've got things to talk about, and I want to talk about baseball, and I promised you that I would do a little bit of reconciliation for Southern California in the baseball area. Shohei Otani, the California Angels. You know who this guy is? I know they're not the California Angels. It's just really hard for me to get that at the Los Angeles Angels of Orange County, Anaheim, you know, near Disneyland, whatever you want to call him. Shohei Otani is a great pitcher and hitter. The guy is the pitcher and the hitter. He was an all-star. He started the game as the pitcher. He was the leadoff batter. He now has 40 home runs, 40. And he's a leading pitcher in the league. People are comparing him to Babe Ruth, saying that maybe he's even greater than Babe Ruth. That's a cool thing going on right here in Southern California baseball, isn't it? You know, if there were a league 
higher than the major leagues, Shohei Otani would be in it. I mean, don't you think so? I think so. Maybe they're going to have to make one. I wanted to play pro ball. How many of you wanted to do that? I, you know, I had this dream I was going to play professional baseball, and I thought that for a long time, you know. But then, uh, you know, as you get older, you realize that's crazy. That's not going to happen. And I wanted to let that go until this year when I started watching the Arizona Diamondbacks, and I'm thinking, you know what? I could still go pro if that's how they're going to play on that team over there. Uh, what happened to those guys? I'd like to go try out, actually. But then uh, yesterday I discovered that the Jeopardy host job has opened up again. And so maybe I should try out for that, actually. Uh, Mike Richards, who essentially hired himself to be the Jeopardy host, he was like the search committee guy, the producer of the program, and he ended up with the job. How about that? Well, he had to step down because of some obnoxious comments that he made in a podcast seven years ago. And so he's canceled. And uh, he hasn't even been on the air yet. So I guess the episodes that he filmed, they're going to be on the air, but now he's not going to be the host and they're going to keep looking. So that job is open. If you've ever thought of yourself being the uh, Jeopardy host, uh, that job might be might be for you, except you got to be careful, right? Because I don't know if they're going to find any hosts for that at this point, like the Oscars. No one can host the Oscars either anymore. That's over. In fact, if you have a Facebook account, you should just resign your job today, whatever it is. Cancel all of your dreams because something you posted at one point is going to show you to be unworthy. I think there will be nobody in any job here pretty soon. There has to be a gospel message in all of this somewhere, right? If Jesus came today, the scriptures would probably say there was no sin found in his Twitter feed. That would be probably how we preach it about Jesus Christ going to his crucifixion and there was no sin on his social media. It was you know, amazing. Make no mistake, we'd still crucify him, though. That would happen. And uh, it would be live on Facebook also. All right, I promised you the Dodgers and Padres conversation since I'm, I'm talking to Southern California here. And so I just want you to, to listen. And it's kind of different, you know, for, for different places. If you're in San Diego, one of the things, um, if you're in San Diego, is you really don't like the Dodgers at all. San Diego fans really, it's kind of a rivalry with the Dodgers. But it's kind of confusing for L.A. fans because we don't care that much about the Padres. You know, and I say we because the Dodgers are my favorite team. And uh, the Padres are my third favorite team. I'll tell you who my second favorite team is in a minute. But uh, I think that we should be able to get together here a little bit. I realize in L.A., if you're old enough, you still have a little bit of that Kurt Bavakwa problem going on. you got to let that go. That was a long, long time ago. It's over. Tommy's gone now. we got to move on from all of that. And, uh, you know, there's tension already with L.A. and San Diego, right, because of the sports teams. I don't know that anybody cares about the Clippers anymore and uh, all of that. But then I don't know if you realize this, but the, the San Diego Chargers now play in Los Angeles. Did you know this? Uh, that's been going on a couple of years, apparently. San Diego taxpayers were not willing to pay $350 million for the stadium, uh, downtown stadium, and so the Chargers left town because of that. But the Padres paid $300 million for Manny Machado, one player. That's an interesting development, isn't it? And this is what I want to leave with you here. This is what I want you to get out of this. And if you're a Padres fan, and if you're not really a baseball fan, just stick with me, right? Because you can, you can translate this into any area of your life. When you have a winning attitude, it matters. It just does. When you really believe that you can be a winner, and when you take those steps out there to, to win, and I'm not saying to, to not have humility or other you know, Christian virtues, but you want to go out and do all things as unto the Lord. You really do. I used to think that when baseball players you know, thank God for whenever they hit a home run or stuff, ah, God doesn't have time for that. Why would you waste your time with that? But then I realized that God is infinite, 
And he has every ounce of time for you hitting your home runs. Did you know that? That when you give God thanks, even for things that seem trivial or not that important, God actually does have time for that because he's infinite. That's how he knows every single part of your life. That's how he knows the number of hairs that are on your head or that used to be on your head. He knows where they went and why for some of you. This is the Lord we serve. And so when we go out and we set out to do something that we're gifted at or do something that we think that God really wants us to do, even if it's something that's just part of our job, something that just seems kind of secular, go do it well. I'm excited for the Padres because the Padres, in spending all that money from Manny Machado, they sent a message. They sent a message that says, we want to win. And I'm hoping that that message continues, right? Because as a Dodger fan, I understand the winning philosophy. The Dodgers have won, what, almost 10 in a row, I think, divisions. We've won some, excuse me, some World Series. We've got some other things going on. There's a winning attitude about it. But it's important, you know, Padre fans will say, well, the Dodgers are big market. They just have big money. I promise you that's not it. If you're a Dodger fan, you remember the 1990s. We had plenty of money. We had corporate ownership. We had Eric Davis and Daryl Strawberry. Remember Kevin Brown? Yeah, you know, we took him from the Padres. We paid that guy some. I think we're still paying Kevin Brown's contract, aren't we? I'm pretty sure, like till 2050 or something, we're paying that guy money. And the Dodgers were terrible. They were an awful team. You know why? They didn't have a winning attitude. It wasn't coming from the owners. It wasn't coming from any place else. They got new owners. They brought in Magic Johnson and his company who all have a great winning attitude, and suddenly they can't lose. They're just winning and winning and winning. Padre fans, trust me, you have new ownership and a philosophy. If they've got a winning attitude, they want to put a winner out on there, out on the field, you're going to win. You know, you're, you're 12 games back, but you're still one game ahead in the, in the wild card. Anything can happen. So just don't, don't give up. I know as a, as a Padre fan myself, and I've lived in San Diego a long time, I remember the days. I know that in May you give up, you know, you're five games out, you know the season's over. And then by the time you get to September, you used to go to the games and they'd have the contest where you, you guess the attendance and uh, it was really no problem because you could just count people. Oh, there's like 900 people here. I just counted them. I win. Everybody wins. Everybody won a prize. Those days are over. We got a beautiful stadium, beautiful place to play. It's all good. Your attitude matters. I think the Padres have a winning attitude. I think it matters. My favorite team is the Dodgers. They've been my favorite team since I was a little kid. And I used to go to Dodger games all the time in the back of a pickup truck with no seat belts, just flying from Palmdale to Los Angeles and uh, back in the middle of the night. Sometimes there'd be like 30 of us in the back of a pickup truck. Nobody cared. That was, it was a whole different era. And then when I got my driver's license, the first thing I did in high school was go down to a game. And I love going to games. And uh, I have missed it tremendously. In fact, during coronavirus, a couple of times that I actually teared up, got emotional, was when I thought about not being able to go to a ball game. So the Dodgers have been my team. But as, as I've lived in San Diego, I've learned to root for them. And people down here say, how can you root for both teams? And let me tell you something. My favorite team is the Dodgers. My third favorite team is the Padres. My second favorite team is any team that is playing the San Francisco Giants. That matters. Anybody playing the San Francisco Giants, I am rooting for them. And this year, for the life of me, I cannot figure out why the Giants have the best record in baseball. It's, it's super difficult. I keep waiting for them to collapse. So uh, I don't know if you can pray for that, but uh, I think I'm going to. I think that's what, would you bow it? No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to do that right now. Let me ask you this. What is God calling you to do? 
probably most of you are not professional baseball players, and some of you are not caring at all about the conversation about Dodgers and Padres, and really I'm kidding around about a lot of it, although I'm serious about, about baseball. Do you believe that you can win if you're doing what God asked you to do? Do you really believe that? I mean, God did something amazing when he asked us to be a part of his divine plan. I think maybe there'll be baseball in heaven. I don't know how the rivalries will work exactly, and maybe there won't be. Maybe it'll just be something better. I don't know. But in this lifetime that we have, God gave us certain things to enjoy, but he also gave us a calling. He gave you particular gifts, particular gifts that you alone are situated for. There are other people with similar gifts than you, but they also have a different life that they have lived. They have different experiences. They have different things that they bring to the table, wherever it is. Where is it that God has placed you right now? What is it that you say in the back of your mind, I think God wants me to do this? Maybe it's a simple thing. Maybe there's something at your church that you are looking at, and every week you go, gosh, I could do this so much better. Well, maybe you should go talk to somebody who's in charge of that area and say, can I help? Or maybe you are looking at some other organization, a homeless shelter, uh, a different kind of ministry, and God has just burdened your heart with something that maybe other people don't care as much as you do, but you are just burdened that every time you see something on the news about that subject, you just get passionate about it. You know, God has put something in you to do. He has created you with good works to do in advance, and he trusts you to do that. He has asked you to be part of God's divine plan. You know how you do well with that? You have a winning attitude, not so much trust in yourself, but trust that God has actually called you to do this and he's going to be there with you, that actually you're qualified to do that. Yesterday in the program, we talked about your oikos, the people in your relational world and how important that is, those people. Here's the thing, the people that God has placed in your life to make disciples of, to be an example of Jesus, to represent Jesus as an ambassador of Christ, you are suited to be exactly where you are. There's a story of a lady that used to go to our church. She was very tall, and she lived across the hall from another person who she didn't know, who was very short, and they would say hello and kind of the common pleasantries that we do, and we don't really get to know each other, even our neighbors. But we do see those people all the time, right? Well, one time they're in the supermarket, and this is her telling me the story. She says, I see my neighbor in the aisle with me, and my neighbor looks at me, and she says, you know, I need to get something off the top shelf. And I hate to ask you this, and I'm kind of embarrassed because I can't reach there. Would you grab that for me up there? And, of course, the lady says, well, sure, I'll get that for you. Now, the tall lady then looks at her and says, you know, it's kind of funny that you should ask me because I need something off the bottom shelf down there, and I really hate bending over to get that. And uh, would you get that for me? And she says, sure. And the funny thing is, is they developed a bond where they would go to the supermarket together all the time for that exact reason. And the tall person would get stuff off the tall shelves. The shorter person would get things off the bottom shelves. And it created an opportunity for this woman in our church to share the gospel with this woman because they were able to have this friendship. And the reason they had this friendship is because they lived across the hall and because they had such distinct height differences, they both had a need that they could meet for each other. And that might sound silly, but I promise you something. God has purposefully and providentially placed people in your relational world to love for him. And all this conversation that I'm having with Padres and Dodgers and Giants, you know what? Sometimes for me, God puts people in my life who are Giants fans, and I have to learn to love them, and they have to learn to love me. 
but he also puts Dodger fans and Padre fans and sports fans, and we have open conversation with people who otherwise may not talk to a pastor about anything. But we have that in common, and it opens up the door to relationship, to friendship, to love, and disciple-making eventually. Somewhere in your life, you have this going on. God has purposefully and providentially placed you right where you are for the right reasons so that you can share the love of Jesus, so that you can pray for those people that God has put in your life at work or at school or your next-door neighbor or your classmates, whoever it might be, even your cellmates. I know people in prison who've had this experience where the person they're in jail with is the person they get to share Christ with. And that happens all the time, believe me. And it's the Lord at work. Have a winning attitude because you are not alone. God has placed you with the desires you have, and he's using the experiences you have, even the bad things in your life. He's putting those things to good use where he'll put other people in your life who've had similar experiences. So have a winning attitude. All right, when we get back, we're going to talk about COVID-19, and I want to hear from you. What is it? What is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen this fall? I think people are getting a little bit anxious about this. I am. You can call me right now at 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. You can also hit me up on my Facebook page right now underneath the live video if you want to put it in there. But give me a call, 888-528-2557. What is your prediction for what's about to happen in California for COVID-19? You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. I'll be right back. All right, we are back here. This is Scott Furrow, and welcome to our program today. We're live throughout all of Southern California, and it's great to be with you today. Hey, for this segment, I wanted to get your opinion, and you can call in or you can text it in on my Facebook page. Just go to facebook.com slash Scott Furrow, and some of you are watching on there and put in a couple of comments. You can also call in right now at 888-52-TALKS or 888-528-2557. That's 888-528-2557. And give me a call with your prediction for what is going to happen this fall with coronavirus. And, uh, you know, maybe you have different opinions one way or the other of how this thing is going to play out, but I think that we're, we're in for something. That's kind of what I think. Patty writes on the Facebook page right now. She says, uh, We're going to continue with more unvaccinated people, she says, who are too stubborn to get the vaccination or wear a mask and get the disease. Uh, There's certainly going to be an awful lot of pressure with that. When you see all the people in the uh, hospital, most of them are not vaccinated. And at the same time, what we're also hearing now from uh, the government is that the vaccinations are waning, right? That if you are vaccinated, particularly if you were one of the two-shot people, that you're going to have to get a booster shot, third shot coming up. You know, there's there's a reason that there are three or four lines on that vaccination card that you got, because you're going to fill out the uh, another date on there. Um, and that could happen. You know, I think when cold and flu season comes in, we're going to have to, to see um, what is the case. What's your thought? What is going to happen? And I'm asking for all kinds of reasons. I'd like to know what people are thinking. I think people are pretty smart. I think when people kind of get together, they uh, you know, kind of have a pretty good idea of what is going to happen, you know, except for the people who are planning the Afghanistan uh, withdrawal. Other than those people, most people, I think, have a pretty good idea of what is going to happen. And that wasn't very nice, you know, it's a different subject, but uh, hey, that's it's a big deal in the news right now. COVID restrictions are coming back. In uh, Los Angeles County now, you have to wear a mask outdoors. 
So that is the the new ruling. It was a recommendation, and I believe now, as I understand it, uh, you have to wear it outdoors even at sporting events. So if you're going to a ball game or something and you're outside, no more uh, freedom from the mask. You have to wear the mask. And uh, unless you're actively eating something, which is this... uh, you know, this loophole in it, right? I mean, I'm going to be eating a hot dog then the entire game. I'm going to have some some popcorn. I'm going to have something else. People do this, right? Because, in fact, they do it on planes. I've been on a plane before where I have nursed the same drink or the same bag of nuts, you know, for like four hours just so I can keep the mask off for longer. Um, but uh, maybe that's not a good idea. Maybe people are getting sick. Hopefully, Hopefully not. There's a lot of different stories out there. Uh, Schools in Los Angeles reporting today some outbreaks in Pasadena and uh, some quarantines are going to have to happen in different places. In San Diego, there are mask mandates that are coming and uh, the County Board of Supervisors is recommending to all employers that they make all employees get vaccinated, which is a, a different issue, right? There's one issue of the responsibility of a person to make their own decision as far as that goes, and that's part of it there. Then there's the the question of can the government force you to do something like that? And I think that's going to be a big deal coming up here this fall because I think we're going to see mandatory vaccinations coming. We already have that in schools, by the way. I mean, it's not really new. It's new for this new virus and new vaccine, but already in California, you can't go to a public school if you don't have certain vaccinations unless you have uh, – certain reasons that you can show from your doctor why you can't have them. Uh, that's a pretty big deal. We have that in, uh, I have a preschool at our church, and that's one of the rules. It's governed actually by the state uh, preschools. They fall under California state licensing, so we have guidelines that we have to follow there. And uh, people try to get around that, but but you can't. Uh, lots of different things happening there. And people are kind of uh, uh, missing the point. There was a funny thing that happened a reporter in Afghanistan with all the stuff going on actually asked if the military is taking proper COVID precautions with all of the refugees and people trying to get in the airport. You know, I noticed none of those refugees on that airplane were wearing a mask. Should we just take them back? How irresponsible of us that we, we didn't do that. Um, the New York Times reported that the plexiglass that we are surrounded by doesn't work. Did you read that this week? New York Times and uh, it can work in some occasions. Basically, it says that if you really cough or sneeze towards someone, that the glass can actually stop the droplets, and it might be helpful for that. But general breathing, your regular things, not only does the New York Times say it doesn't work, but it also says it's probably making it worse. That's what the research says today. And I've always wondered about that. I'm sitting in front of a of some plexiglass at the studio here. So if I have in-studio guests, they're on the other side of this plexiglass. And what's funny, and if you're watching on Facebook, it's this little glass. That's why there's this reflection, because it's the camera is actually behind it. Uh, if you're from San Diego, this glass right here, this actually used to be the sneeze guard at the soup plantation restaurant, which closed immediately when coronavirus happened. And uh, the smart people here at the uh, studios went over there and grabbed it so they could fulfill that requirement uh, very, very cheaply. Um, so that's pretty good uh, right there. Um, So anyway, the New York Times reports that clear barriers do little to stop the spread of coronavirus. And I wondered about that. They came up everywhere. You should have invested in these plexiglass companies, right, Uh, when all of this started. We should have invested in Zoom, and we should have invested in plexiglass companies. But now what they're saying is that what happens is, is that the glass is actually kind of holding the droplets and the air in place, where normally the filtration systems 
will actually suck it through the vents and the, if you have the right filters, they'll filter out a lot of the stuff. And that normally happens in a open area every 15 to 30 minutes. Um, so on the airplanes, they always say it takes two minutes, that every two minutes they're filtering the air. I have a lot of doubts about that. But this study says about every 15 to 30 minutes. But with the glass, it kind of just hovers for a while. And most people are not wearing the right kind of mask, right? So your breath comes out the side of it or underneath it or however, and it just kind of hovers there for the next person. Am I bothering you with this the next time you go to Costco and you're in line and you're like, this glass isn't doing anything? I've always thought it doesn't do anything because you can't hear the person on the other side of the glass. And so then you take off your mask and you say, what? And then they say whatever they said, and you still can't hear them. So you walk around to the other side of the glass. They take off their mask and tell you whatever it was that they were trying to say. That's been uh, my experience with that. All right, so I'm asking you to call in and tell me what you think is about to happen with all of the coronavirus stuff this fall. Just make a prediction, and uh, you can give me a call at at uh, 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. All right, we have a nurse on the line. Um, John, John, you're on the program. Welcome to the show. Hi, uh, Scott. Thanks for having me. Hey, I uh, love your show. Um, Love what you're doing with it. Hope you're on for a long time. Well, we're on and you know for a couple hours today, so that's a long time. Ha! I know that's not what you mean. Uh, Thank uh, you very much. Appreciate that. Hey, um, just wanted to say what it's like up in um, in Oregon with COVID and what the restrictions are up here, and and it's pretty rough up here. Uh, about twenty five percent of the hospitals full with COVID patients. Um, uh, we're at about a hundred and ten percent capacity, 20- and um, the National Guard is sending us help. The National Guard is sending you help for COVID? Yeah, because we don't have enough staff. So the request has been made, and they're, they've already, they're sending some paramedics, and they're working on nurses. That's a pretty big deal. What do you mean by 25%? 20, you said 25% of the hospitals are full? Are 25%. You talking about the-, the hospital, well, first, the hospital is at 106% capacity. They can okay. do that because um, there's, the surgeries are very limited, so areas of the hospital you would normally use to prep people for surgery are converted over into um, medical um, areas that you can keep patients in. Right. Um, the other thing is, you know, uh, people say, you know, I've been asked by my church and different churches, what can we do to, to help you? Because you're so overburdened and it's so difficult. And, you know, we say wear a mask. You know, wear a mask. That's the best thing you can do. Because if you really love your neighbor, you know, you care about them, just wear the mask. You know, I'm vaccinated. I don't need one. And I do it just to help slow that spread. All right. So you, as a as a nurse, are recommending that people go ahead and wear a mask. And what would you predict for the, the fall? Like, what's coming? You guys, uh, you're calling from Oregon, so you're listening online. Uh, kprz.com or iHeartRadio, I suppose. And um, you said you have, what's coming? So the state um, has told us, the Oregon Health Authority has said that they're looking for a mid-September peak. So this is just ramping up for us. And they're getting this off of their predictive models from other areas uh, like New York and Washington that have already gone through this swell. So we are revamping the best we can to prepare for more people. Okay, so that's going on in, in real time. You know, there's so much noise on this subject. And thank you, John, for calling. appreciate your phone call. Uh, there's so much noise on this subject. It's hard to know what's really true. And I think... 
people have different experiences in different parts of the country. So here we have something in Oregon that's going pretty pretty bad, right? The, the uh, hospitals are filling up pretty fast, and that's kind of the uh, alarming number. Hey, I want to hear what you guys think is coming up. i got a couple other comments we'll get to after the break. The phone number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. I want to know what you think is coming. Predict what you think is coming this fall with coronavirus um, stuff in our country and in California especially. That would be great. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow, and I'm just filling in today. I'll be right back. Stay tuned. Hi again, everybody. I am Pastor Scott Furrow, your host for today, and I'll be back on Monday also at uh, 2 o'clock in San Diego on Cape Rays and at 3 o'clock from 3 to 5 on KKLA in San Diego. And it's great to be with you. We've been asking the question, what do you predict is going to happen with coronavirus this fall? What are the restrictions going to be? Are there restrictions? And uh, we've had a couple of calls and a couple of comments on the Facebook. You can go to my Facebook page if you want to type in a comment. That's facebook.com slash Scott Furrow, F-U-R-R-O-W. And you can call 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. And uh, another comment that came through from Deanna says, it's one thing to require vaccinations for schooling for diseases that have been around for a while. I mentioned how the schools already require proof of vaccination for childhood uh, illnesses. It is another to require one that does not have final FDA approval. Masks are coming back everywhere, and they'll try to shut us down again, especially until September 15th. There's some things in there to unpack, isn't there? I think that the FDA is going to give approval, like at least for adults. Isn't that coming at some point? And I I think some people are going to trust it. Other people aren't. But I think that might be coming. But that is one of the concerns people have, right, is that 10 years from now, there's going to be commercials on TV saying, if you receive the coronavirus vaccine, you might be entitled to, entitled to compensation. We don't want that. I, you know, and I want to tell you, I think that the, the vaccine is probably safe. I got it. And uh, there are reasons why people wouldn't get it. I'm nervous about it with my kids. I'll tell you that. I've got those concerns and I'm, and I'm willing to talk to you about those kinds of things. Um, I don't like the government role with a lot of this. That's a whole nother discussion that uh, maybe we'll have eventually. Uh, another comment, and Deanna ends with, uh, especially until, uh, she says, especially until September 15th. September 15th is the day after the California recall election. And then Andrea writes, in California, it will depend on who our governor is in the fall until after the recall election. I think a lot of people think that. I think a lot of people are wondering what's going to happen after that election, however it turns out. How do you think that's going to turn out? That could have been another question. Who do you think is actually going to win that? Is is Are we going to recall Governor Newsom? I, you know, a month ago, and I get into the politics and the numbers, a month ago I would have told you no, he's going to win. But now I'm not so sure. And as things move forward, I'm, I'm not really sure uh, what's going to happen there. It could be uh, any one of the 50 people who are running. There's 50, uh, 50 people running. It could be the YouTube guy. And I've been saying for years that somebody is going to win an election because they've got a YouTube channel and they've got a video that goes viral, and uh, that might be happening. We might see that here actually in California. Uh, so that's our question, what's going to happen? And uh, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to give you the answer here. Uh, the answer is that we'll have uh, different battles this fall, but it's not going to be because of the Delta variant. It's going to be because of the Lambda variant. If you study what's coming and the prediction of people, there's going to be a Lambda variant, and hopefully it's not as bad. 
But when you get the flu and cold season and things happening, I think that there's going to be massive testing again. There's going to be masks. Uh, there might be shutdowns. Maybe it'll be different. Maybe there's some things that we have learned, but it is something to be aware of that the uh, other variants uh, exist. And if the vaccines are not as effective as was promised, or they seem to be wearing out soon, which seems to be some of what is being told that we need to have booster shots. I don't know. I think that we're going to see a lot. I do think the election in California is going to have an impact on at least how things are administrated uh, with all of that. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, The big piece of it here is to remember a couple of things. The Lord is on the throne and God is not looking down going, what is all this going on down there? I don't remember this virus. No, he knows. He knows what is going on and all of the tension and all of the different things. One of our callers talked about loving your neighbor. And, you know, throughout all of this, something I want to encourage all of you to do, I know there are strong opinions and there are strong opinions about getting vaccinated or not, strong opinions about the kids, strong opinions about masks and mask wearing. And, you know, the science, when you really get into it, there are some some conflicting things and there are some things that the science is pretty solid out about. But we have a lot of problems with our, our institutions and trusting them. As believers, I think one of the most important things we need to do is respect one another. And if somebody you know decides to wear a mask, you got to respect them in the context of that relationship or they decide not to. And it's hard to do when you passionately don't agree. And maybe that other person is making an error. Maybe they are wrong. It gets very difficult. But I think we have to look beyond it as much as we can and continue to lovingly approach people because people are going crazy. You know, there are people who are getting duct taped to their seats on airplanes. Have you seen this? Uh, I'm, I've flown a couple times in the last uh, couple of weeks, and I've been very disappointed I did not get to witness somebody getting duct taped to the seat. I just thought I, that would be entertaining for the flight. I want to see that. Um, but it's actually very sad, right? There was one on Frontier Airlines a couple of weeks ago where a guy was uh, yelling and screaming and just telling everybody how great he was, and he was refusing to wear the mask, and he's spewing his stuff all over the place, and then he he groped the flight attendant, and so they duct-taped him to his seat. And he's okay. He's the governor of New York. He had something else to do. Now, I'm kidding about that part, that last part, but that, that story is true. That's really happening. And another person got duct-taped to her seat because she kept trying to open the emergency exit door during the flight. You know, and uh, I don't know, maybe she missed her connection or she was worried about it and wanted to get down there. Um, but that was pretty frightening that that's going on. I'm enjoying the fact that they're duct taping. United Airlines came out yesterday with a statement saying, we are not going to duct tape our people. There are other things on the plane. And I'm thinking, you know, for a pilot, you're probably saying, you know what, I think the duct tape works. We're going to stay with that. Uh, American Airlines came, decided, I think it was American who said, uh, no more alcohol on the plane of any kind. They're not going to serve it because people are losing their minds. My friends, uh, as believers... We can't be those people. We have to do the best that we can to discern what is true, even in the area of science, even in in things that are way beyond our understanding. I mean, that's another scary thing is we're all epistemologists now, right? We all have those opinions. All of us are military analysts in Afghanistan, and all of us have this, and we have this this social media platform. Anybody can start a blog. Anybody can, can start a theology page on why Jesus would or would not wear a mask. And, uh, we have to be very discerning as believers. And that's what I would ask you to do, to look at your relational world, the people that you interact with, your coworkers, your classmates, your neighbors, and ask yourself, what do I need to do? How do I need to approach this for the sake of my neighbor, 
for the sake of the person who I'm interacting with. I don't think we should approach this with fear. I think that we are we are overcome with fear in our country for so many reasons. We got good reasons to be kind of concerned about lots of things, but we have to make good decisions. So as believers, if you're a Christian, think about the people that God has placed in your life. What would God have you do to make sure that you are an ambassador of Christ with those people in the most healthy way, in a way that actually... Uh, Make sure that you are loving, even if you find yourself in a situation where you have to speak the truth in love. Even when you find yourself in a situation where you might have to contradict somebody or or follow, you know, a, a state recommendation or mandate, you know, for the sake of your testimony. And I think that really helps us when we when we do that. It helps us navigate these things. And I want you to be safe. And I want you to be healthy. I know people, as a pastor, you know, we have all the good and the bad stories of things. And I know people who are really sick right now. And uh, this virus is real. And and even though there's stuff out there that uh, is confusing and there's been a lot of false information, I think there's a lot of uh, stuff out there that's hard to understand, hard to trust. You do have people around you who are getting very sick. So that's the case. Everybody, thank you for listening today. It's great to be a part of your afternoon. I want to encourage you to listen on Monday. I'll be back guest hosting again on Monday, and our guest on Monday will be Peter Greer. Peter is the CEO of Hope International. Hope International is a great missions organization. They love the Lord. They work with a local church with microfinancing all around the world, and they're involved in uh, many countries that we're uh, dealing with right now, including Haiti. We'll talk about that a little bit, but Peter also is a great writer. And he's written a couple of books. One of them is called Rooting for Rivals. Another one is called um, Mission Drift. And I highly recommend both of those books. They speak so well to the heart of not only where the church has struggled, but where we need to go together as believers in Jesus Christ. It is so encouraging. And he is uh, just a great individual and uh, loves the Lord, and I'm excited about having him on the show on Monday. So we'll talk about that with uh, Peter on Monday, and uh, we got some other things planned, and of course, we'll see what happens this weekend, and we'll talk about those events and try to look at the world through the lens of our faith, through the lens of our need to make disciples of all nations. Thank you for listening. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow of the First Baptist Church of San Diego, and I host the Cultivating Ethos show, which is on KPRZ in San Diego every day at 1130. And I invite you to tune in. You can go to radiochurch.org to get our podcast and to connect with me there, radiochurch.org. You can also follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just look for Scott Furrow and uh, connect with me that way. God bless you. Have a great weekend. I'll see you on Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.